How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Rebound Looney to Curry. Curry steps around Trey Jones. Gets it to midcourt behind the back. Downtown. Fires it. Got it! 122 to 106. Warriors pulling away here in the latter stages of this contest, a contest they have to win. Now back to Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Hour number three, 888 It's not fair. 957-9570. We're, we're rolling on. We are rolling on here on into this afternoon. Warriors did get a win last night. I had to triple check to make sure they actually won that game because it really didn't feel like they were winning throughout most of it. But a big fourth quarter, Warriors win 130 to 115. Big games from Steph and Clay, Jordan Poole as they combine for 91. I spent at least a quarter of that game, and I know he's been in the league a while, but and I mean no disrespect, but trying to make sure I could pronounce Mamu Kalashvili. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I know you use on the Bucks, and I just because I just have never. What is it exactly? What is it? Mamu Kalashvili. Mamu Kalashvili. Mamula. Mamu Kalashvili. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be disrespectful. And he had oh, no, a good game last night. He did. Yeah. He had a yeah. good game last night. That that was the point where I I looked at their starting lineup as I was getting ready to do Warriors Live. Mm-hmm. And because you know, usually, you know, if I was like, you know, I'm not even mentioning anybody on the Spurs tonight. Like, I'm just not even going to mention him. Keldon Johnson's actually They're, good. Yeah, Keldon Johnson's good. I'm surprised he even played. Surprised he even played. Gorgie Jang has yeah. been in the league right, a long all time. Right, we digress. We got Gorgie Jang at four out of five threes. Yeah, he? he well, he almost single handedly <laughs> hurt a lot of betters last night. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, those that had the Warriors lay in eighteen and a half. Which uh, mm-hmm. I may or may not know somebody who did last night. Don't, don't talk about that. It wasn't me, but it, it was a buddy of mine who I may have steered the wrong direction. Well, I said it wasn't fair. Obviously, what I'm talking about is what the other owners are doing to the Warriors in this new CBA. It's not right. All right. Well, we've got full phone lines of people that want to talk about it. 888-957-9570. Mike in Daly City is up first here on on Warriors this week. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Yeah, just a couple of things. First, this is not my main topic, but I hate the in-season tournament. Hopefully that will <laughs> Bless flop, you. flop and go yeah. away in a few years. But yeah. it's a seven-year deal, so who knows. Um, but the main point is on the salary caps and things like that. When you say ease in, I'm thinking maybe it'll be like $35 million over and then 30 and then 25 and then 20 or something and then 17.5. 
So it's not going to hurt the Warriors much as long as we're talking about the next two years, let's say. They should be able to manipulate around that if they want to. But my main point is, and I've talked to a lot of people in baseball, but not um, basketball, about having a player cap instead of a team cap, sort of like companies do. You know, you're either in grade A, grade B, grade C, or whatever. The government has all kinds of grades that they put people into pay grades. And you get to the highest pay grade, and they can increase the salary for that pay grade, but you have a salary grade that you can't go beyond. And that way the team can spend as much money as they want, but the players don't get $100 million a year, you know, when the rest of the league's getting 30 Thank- I don't know if you like that idea or not. Yeah, I I'm, I know somebody who wouldn't like it. Yeah, who wouldn't like it? Uh, players' unions are probably not going to yeah. sign off on that as much sense as it seems to make economically. No, it's and look, there is still a percentage of the revenue that's going to the players. Yeah, and that's of the overall right revenue that's going to the players, which the BRI basketball related income. And, and one thing, is we, it's over fifty, isn't it? Yeah, well over. Uh, it was. I think it might be fifty one forty nine okay. at one point. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. It, Back in the day, it was fifty three forty seven. Yeah, I think. And uh-huh. it, it went back to fifty fifty at one point. I think that was in the two thousand eleven lockout. I think it ended up being. It ended up maybe going to 50-50, and it's increased a little bit from that point. The other part of this is the the max level raises. We didn't mention that. The the 120% increases moved to 140% increases, which I guess have the, the impact of it's Jalen Brown and Damana Sabonis are two players who are up for max extensions with their respective teams, and that could garner both of them pay raises at a higher level. And so a couple of guys that have been you know superstar players that, that could have the the potential to to make more there yeah and by the way i didn't mean to dismiss mike's plan obviously he's spent a lot of time thinking about it and probably understands it better than i do it's just it's a non-starter i don't know how you'd ever implement something like that how you'd ever get the players union no, to agree it, to such limits it, no it, it wouldn't happen well, what do you think overall of like draymond's comments about the players losing because a lot of these teams that are more free to spend now based on the rules wouldn't. And in essence, using the Dante DiVincenzo example, it's, you know, the theory behind it from the league standpoint, or at least the league sell on it is, well, Dante DiVincenzo isn't going to be able to sign with the Warriors for $4.5 million, but Orlando needs to go sign him for 8 to $10 million and it benefits DiVincenzo, but then it benefits him from going to a crappy team. Well, that's what I said. My initial reaction was I was wondering, is he upset because of how this might impact him specifically? And as you and Rots pointed out, you know, probably not. So I'm not well, sure where he's coming from exactly. There was another... I didn't realize that the players, um, that there was a perception that they'd rushed into this deal. Yeah, there was another text that we received that said hey Draymond's worried about the fact that he he could be a mid-level guy at you know at some point soon or somebody that maybe would be willing to take less to go elsewhere yeah. as a mid-level yeah. and maybe that a team that he would deem desirable to go to on a mid-level wouldn't be able to sign that player I think it, it does yes. hurt the ring chaser a little bit and and the ring well, that's cha- a good point the ring chaser that isn't a veteran minimum ring chaser right because there's Did levels you just call to Draymond ring- a ring chaser I, I think he could he, become he one. Could become one mm-hmm. No doubt, mm-hmm. he could become one. I mean, honestly, it's and I don't know where the Lakers stand in terms of their money, but let's just use the Lakers as an example. What if 
Draymond, in his mind, knows that there's three teams he could use as leverage against the Warriors to get the Warriors to pay him more. And, 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 the, and the threat would be, hey, I'll go to Boston for the mid-level. Hey, I'll go to the Lakers for the mid-level. Hey, I'll go to the, the Kings for the mid-level. Or whatever, you know, just pick, pick three different teams. And those teams are strapped because they're at this level to where they can't even offer a mid-level exception. Well, that takes leverage away from Draymond at that point. Now, yeah, you can say in his specific situation, he'll opt in and make his $27 million, but down the line, it, it does create fewer options, I think, for mm-hmm. a player to where they've made... I mean, there are a lot of players that have made hundreds of millions of dollars who get to a point where it's like, you know what, I'll take my $6 million to go to the exact situation I want... And, you know, it, it does literally take certain teams off the board for certain players. And I think just the, the idea of it, as I was saying, and I'm hardly kidding, but I think there's a lot of truth to it. It's not fair. Draymond's pointing out that the guys, the teams that don't want overspending are winning here. And they're reining in the teams like the Clippers and the Warriors that are willing to uh, spend a lot of money. Lower spectrum teams, this is from Draymond's tweet, don't spend because they don't want to. They want to lose, so increase their spending capabilities just to increase them. They continue to cut out the middle. So, uh, you know, Draymond is a winner, and he would like to see, you know, he's a guy that doesn't have all the numbers, but the things that he's contributed to the championships are harder to measure uh, because he's about winning. And here, owners are making it clear that a lot of them are not necessarily about the winning. No, so that's uh, deeply offensive to Draymond. No doubt. And yeah. 650 on the Comcast business text line, J.D., sounds like your guy Adam Silver just got a great deal for the majority of the owners. <laughs> See, I could care less about that. I, to me, it, like my issues with Adam Silver, like that, that, my issues are the on-court product, the on-court night-to-night competitiveness. Like mm-hmm. I'm all for players making a ton of money. I'm all for players making as much money as they possibly can. That's not my issue. My issue is don't do that and then ta- and then decide you want to take PTO all the time. Like that's my thing. Like don't do that and then tell don't don't have that like I'm like make all the money you want, but don't make all the money you want and then play half the time. Yeah. And then play hard I, half the time you're playing. Don't play half as hard half the time you're playing. I'm not a that's big fan. I'm not an Adam Silver fan, but in all fairness, I mean what seriously, what do you want him to do? About that. I mean, they are trying some things with the minimum number of games played in the new CBA if you want to qualify for awards. I just, I agree with you. It's a real big problem. I'm just not sure what means are available to him that he's not utilizing. You have to change the culture of the league. The culture of the league has become it's cool and acceptable to be a dude that doesn't play all the time and still gets his paper. Like, that's become. There's a and Steiny was the first person that hit me to this and I I hadn't really thought of it but I agree with it wholeheartedly. There's a cachet now that comes with being a guy that doesn't play all the time. And and the Warriors mm-hmm. have some dudes that are that are the exceptions I think to that rule. Like Steph's not that way, Clay's not that way. Isn't that on the teams though who've also allowed that? The teams that have contractual yes, but my, agreements. My point with is the it needs to be cuz you're right. You can't question an injury like in at the root of well how do you how do you hold teams accountable or hold players accountable it it's tricky because anybody can say oh, i got a sore foot mm-hmm. i got oh, i got a, I, I got a bulky knee like in you may you may not but good luck proving it and if you if you question it on some level you're an insensitive ogre <laughs> and so you can't do that right uh, and yeah. you know, especially in today's day and age, you can't yeah. question or that. Or worse, I mean, t- a player could actually take legal action against yeah, you. Yeah. So if at wanted, that so at that point, it's 
you know, you can't be insensitive to the pl- you know, the player in that respect. So it, it is hard to prove, but but what you have to do is come up with incentives to play, which I think along the lines of and again, you could never do this, but it's like, you know what, you maybe you do get a little percentage docked if you don't play a, a, a certain percentage of your games. Or you know, maybe I like I think the awards thing is interesting and it doesn't relate to it only relates to the stars, but the stars are the best. Like, nobody cares if middling players are taking nights off. Like, nobody, it's the stars that everybody wants to see every single night in their building. And so when you, when you say, hey, if you miss 17 games, like, you may not be the MVP, even though you're the best player that year. You, you may not be a first team all NBA player if you only play 50 games. Like, I, I think that, I think players care about that more than you think. Now, is it going to make, guys push through a little something to be able to play i personally hope it does but to me the whole plan nights off thing it's one thing if a player is legitimately injured but to me there's too many times where teams and players are skirting that with ah oh, this guy's a little sore a little banged up and 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 it, yeah you put injury down on the on the sheet but it's really load management it's really giving a guy a night off I don't know if you can change the culture of the league. Do we have more callers? I don't want to take up time. We, we, we do, we okay, do we'll have get a right couple. To, yeah, okay, right, you, we'll get right to them. But I just wanted to say, I think it's more incumbent upon the individual teams. I think the Warriors have done a good job of this. You just have to be hyper-cautious about who you're committing the big money to. We know that the Warriors will, they've rested players, but is there anybody on this Warrior team that you feel like, oh, where are they? They're taking days off when they don't, they don't, they're not even hurt. I don't think so. But there are guys, I'll, I'll just use, this may not be fair. Kawhi, Kyrie, but, Ben well, Simmons. Ben Simmons, when Ben Simmons came into the league, there were some questions about, does he really like to play basketball that much? And you know what? That's Every human being has that right. Paul so, George is another one. It, and Well, with older players, too, that becomes part of it. But organizations have to be just more careful than they've ever been about hitching their wagons to guys about whom you could question their desire to play, to win at the highest level. You need guys who need to win. Everybody would like to win, but I think teams have to be on their own. If the league could do it as a league, that's great, but I think it has to be on a club-by-club level. Teams have to be more careful than ever about who are we giving this much money to. Like, does Kyrie Irving really need to win? No. Then well, why I've, am I giving I've him all this money? But, well, and that and that because he demands it if you want to play. I mean, there's it's Then like, let him be somebody like, else's like problem. Like Kyrie, well, I I would agree with you. I mean, Kyrie Irving at this point to me is going wherever he can get a max deal. Extremely talented and then but immediately that, yeah. like I don't think Kyrie Irving has cared about basketball since he made the three at Oracle in game seven in 2016. Mm-hmm. I, I, I firmly believe that. He, yeah. I think he's done everything under the sun to come up with reasons why he cannot play and not have to just come out and acknowledge the fact that he doesn't feel like playing. Yeah. So whose fault is it if he's proven that and teams keep giving him well, tens of millions of dollars? Is it his fault or is it their it's fault? It's the team's fault. Yes. For sure. But it's also, you know, player... like. Kevin Durant wanted to play with Kyrie. Like, that's an indictment of Kevin Durant. In, I agree with sense. that, too. Like, Kevin Durant was like, I love this dude. I'm going to go win championships with this dude. Uh-huh. And, like, that was bad on Kevin Durant to think that, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of these players, they're friends. They like each other. They want to play with each other. And then... It's the AAU syndrome, A lot of these guys don't know better. Yeah, Like, they don't, know. They don't know how, good, how great teams are built, how championship teams are built. Mm-hmm. 
and and they think they do because they're they're star players and they know star talent and all that. But they're they're bad GMs. You it's can't like LeBron, let your stars dictate uh, talent acquisitions. No, you can't do it. You absolutely cannot. And so, I mean, to me, it's how do you fix that? Maybe you give everybody a certain amount of nights. Maybe you say, hey, everybody gets ten a year, and anything beyond that needs to be independently certified. Hmm. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know, but even that is broaching the. The level of, you know, uh, uncomfortable, right? Are you are you questioning an injury, which is obviously something you don't you don't want to do? Charles and El Cerrito next here on on Warriors this week. What's going on, Charles? Hey, Charles, you there? Do we lose Charles? Do we have Charles? Hey, Charles. Hey, we got you, Charles. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you? We got you. Can you hear me? We got you. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just calling. Thanks, you guys. About the protest that Mark Cuban levied against the Warriors and the league, it's been 11 days. I thought it would be resolved within 10. Do you guys have any idea of what's going on? He never filed it. Thoughts about it and yeah. what impact it would have. He never actually filed it, right? Is that, I, I'm not sure on that point. I think today is technically the 10th day, though, because they, they played on the 22nd. They had five days to file and then five days to be heard. And I, I haven't seen any reporting on it, although it would be foolish after looking at all the replays if he had actually gone on to file it. Uh, I, I sort of dismissed it as, well, that's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think today would be the 10th day in in the process of five to file it. So he would have had to have filed it by, I think, Monday, uh, the this past Monday, the 27th, and then the league would have heard it within five days, and today would be the fifth day. So maybe something leaks out on that today. If he filed it. If he it. filed it. Yeah. If he didn't file it, it doesn't matter. My theory is that he never intended to file it. His team, they really looked stupid, and he said, I'm going to file a protest to try to cover for the fact that his team looked like a bunch of idiots. Right. Yeah. I, I think... So we'll see. I think you're... <laughs> Well said. Well said. Uh, let's go to Nate in Lathrop next here on Warriors this week. Hey, Nate. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing this afternoon? Hope you're having a good one. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. Just What's up? to talk about the young love last night in GP2 and to you guys' point kind of uh, about salary and getting paid and how much the young glove just really contributed last night. He's getting paid, was it $8 million a year? And he could have easily have phoned it in this year. But instead... I look at him. Last night when he got that offensive rebound, kicked the play, and he made the three, the expression on his face just shows you how much he wants to be there and play. And, like, that kind of drive, that really hypes up the Warrior fans. I mean, we really want to root for these guys. And that gives us so much hope for this year. And it was just super exciting, great fourth quarter. I know we're used, as Warrior fans, we're used to it, the third quarter, the spark that comes in. These guys just kick everyone in the teeth in the third quarter. But this year, it felt like it's been the fourth quarter instead of the third. So I don't know how you guys feel the same way or if you guys have seen that. It's been the fourth quarter a lot at home. And, yeah, I mean, last night was the quintessential GP2 game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really was. He's getting rebounds. He's defending. It's loose balls. It's, it's Extra energy possessions. plays. Yeah, yes, it's, yes. it's all kinds of things like that. And so... I mean, he can he can help this team if he's healthy. He's still in that fifteen to seventeen minute range, which I think is about where it's going to wind up. But no, I I think you have to like what you've seen from from Gary Payton II here over these first handful of games. 
To me, you can't criticize the trade in terms of this year. We don't know what Wiseman's going to become. So, you know, maybe next year he's an all-star. As long as Peyton plays yeah. between now and the end of the year at, at the level that he has. I'll right. say this. If, if Peyton, and I apologize for jumping in no, on no, you no. today. But I know that we kind of see this differently, well, but I, I, but I, yeah, I got gotcha. you. I, I, I'm not willing to go as this whole, like if, if he comes up with, oh, he's got sore, core soreness Tuesday and can't play the final three games of the year and then he's out for the half of the first round, I'm sorry, that for me gets factored in. Now, if he Fair continues enough. to play every game as he has so far, then I'm then I then I'm in yeah. your pew. Yeah, this this year, assuming he plays the rest of the year, you can see how they are right now. They are so much better uh, with GP two than they were with Wiseman this year. And I know, and oh, there goes White. He's going after Wiseman. Wiseman could be. He didn't have a great game last night, but Wiseman could become an All Star. But in terms of this year, when you've got, uh, I know it's cliche, the window is closing. You've got your veteran core. It just to me makes more sense to have a guy who helps you now rather than have a guy who didn't fit. And bless James Wiseman. Hopefully he has a great career. And if he does, then the words are still going to hear about it. But in terms of this year, last night was the example. Whether you agree or not, last night showed this is why the Warriors made that trade. Yeah, it, it no no question. And it gives him the extra defender. It gives him an extra rotation piece. I know we've had a couple of callers. We had Khaled call in. We had Robert call in. Both mentioned Andrew Wiggins being out, being a blessing, in a sense, for Jonathan Kaminga, the ability to play more minutes. I, I have to give Steve Kerr credit for, and and I, I do think it gets a. There are more minutes for sure with Kaminga out or with Wiggins Wig, out Wiggins for Kaminga. Yeah, yeah. Kaminga's playing the four though. Like people need to. We talked about like, this last like, week. Yeah. It, like Kaminga is playing the four, and in the first game that Peyton came back on Sunday against Minnesota, Steve Kerr played Peyton and Kaminga together. And Kevon Looney started, and they both came off the bench, and they played together, I think it was at the beginning of the second quarter, and they were awful. It was an awful lineup, and I, I Steve Kerr, I think at that point, said, you know what, these two play the same position on offense, and we can't have them on the floor together. As odd as that sounds, but and, it's, yeah. And, and so, because you know, all of Kaminga's offensive prowess has been cutting, you know, plays made off of his own defense, like... He's been tremendous. Like it, it goes back to what we did talk about last week, which is for those kind of coming down my road of CJD Kaminga's doing it. Well, Kaminga's doing it exactly the way that I've said Kaminga needs to do it to help this team. It's it's no. He's not filling in for Wiggins. It, exactly. He's not. He's not improvising out on the court. Maybe one play a game. He's imp- he's he's cutting and the pass is made to him and he's dunking it he's wide open in the corner for a three and he's taking that shot he's getting out in transition he's rebounding like it's high motor type plays where he scores within the context of the offense and we're seeing that there's a lot of buckets he can get against a lot of teams in the context of the offense it but the primary point is true that Wiggins being out has opened up minutes for Kaminga to be able to to get on the court and I give Steve Kerr credit for separating him and Peyton by putting Kaminga in the starting lineup at the four. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were starting to go down the road. I think Monty Poole wrote about it. I think some other fans had kind of chimed in as to, we'll put it, maybe it's time to start Kaminga with, with Wiggins out. But people were saying start Kaminga instead of DiVincenzo. 
not start Kaminga instead of Looney, which I think is a more practical approach, and then you get Kaminga out there with Draymond, you're still able to have DiVincenzo's playmaking with Steph and Clay at the beginning of the game, and you separate Kaminga from Peyton now with the with the position groups that are on the floor together, and you make Looney the backup center, which in turn has meant Jamichael Green hasn't played the last couple of games, but you can't play everybody. And I, I think that was a nice, subtle way for Steve Kerr to somebody that doesn't always get credit for looking for ways to play a younger player more he did that with Kaminga he figured out a way not to play him at the three but how to play him more at the four Kaminga as I've said before I think he's been a success story this year and what I see from Kaminga is we know that defensively he's just shown this year the willingness to guard the other team's best player uh, at different positions he defends different positions he'll guard people 94 feet but offensively Steve Kurt talked, we, we knew this about the Warrior offense, but Steve Kurt talked about it again this week with Tim Kawakami. The Warriors have a .5 principle offensively, which is whatever you're going to do, you're going to pass the ball, shoot it, dribble it, drive. They want you to decide within half a second. And that's not easy. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's simple, but it's not easy. And finally, I think Kuminga is more comfortable with that. Before, it was just his natural tendency to get the ball, kind of be a ball stopper, and take longer than that to decide what he wanted to do. And he struggled with that. And we're seeing now he is much more comfortable playing in the flow, and it's made him better, and the team is playing better yeah. when he's on the floor because it's, of it. It's worked. Yes, it's, but it's, and he deserves a credit he, for that. Yeah. He absolutely yeah. deserves the credit, but it, it goes back to the thing that I've said, which is, can you fit your game in the yep. box? Yep. And and he has been able to fit his game in the box. The one thing I would worry about along the lines of Khaled and Robert is when Wiggins does come back, now Steve Kerr's got to refigure it out as to who's going to play when and where, and and how does that you know who gets impacted by the Wiggins return? Because I do think Kaminga gets impacted by that, even though Wiggins comes in and starts at the three, whereas Kaminga's been playing the four. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into that maybe coming up a little bit uh, in the final segment. Eight at eight nine five seven ninety five seventy. Final segment of Warriors this week. What? JD and Whitey ninety five seven the game. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Gets it to Curry. Curry steps in. Three ball on the way. No. Peyton went for the dunk. Couldn't get it to fall. Loose rebound. Peyton hustles to it in the corner. Falling down finds Looney to Draymond. Over to Clay. Sets up for a triple. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Another dagger by Clay makes it 125 to 108. And Steve Kerr is going to empty his bench. All right, back. Now back to Warriors this week. On 95.7 The Game. All right, final segment. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason. No, that was on me. That's on me. Uh, 888-957-9570. Warriors get a win over the Spurs last night. Denver tomorrow mm. in Denver. And then Oklahoma City at Sacramento at Portland for the Warriors over the final Four games of the season. How many wins do the Warriors need to avoid the play-in tournament? I think three does it for sure. Yep. Two might. Could. Two might. Could. Two's yeah. a coin flip. One and one and zero ain't going to do it. One and zero, you're in big trouble. You're, you got Portland if you want it, right? I mean, maybe if you get to that point and it doesn't matter. I mean, you probably you probably win that game with four people. Portland's right? the gimme. Yeah, yeah. Portland's a gimme at the end. I like that game being at the end. That's the gimme. Oklahoma City, to me, is the must-get after Portland. And OKC and then, is still in the play-in. Oh, yeah. Right? They're 10th right now. Yeah, but they, they've had a couple of losses this week that have kept Dallas alive. Uh, if if Oklahoma City had just beaten Charlotte at home, Dallas would be in big trouble. But as it relates now, there's only a one-game difference. Uh, maybe even half game difference. And Minnesota's thirty nine and thirty nine, but losing Naz Reed's gonna hurt. It is. And Dallas plays Miami. There's only two games with the final four tonight. There's two NBA games. Dallas is in Miami, and then the big one as it relates to the Warriors, the Clippers are in New Orleans. So you've got the team that the Warriors are tied with, technically ahead of the Warriors via tiebreaker in the Clippers, and then you've got the Pelicans, who are behind the Warriors, but trying to scratch their way back toward avoiding the play-in tournament, as is the goal for everybody. Pelicans are not bad. No. Brandon Ingram's playing really well. And Better they defend. lately, right? Yeah, Six they out defend. of seven, I think. Yeah, and they get a they get the buy-in. You know, Willie Green has them competing, so they're not a team you can uh, you can sleep on. By the way, we were just talking before we went to break about. All right, what happens when with all the minutes now? If Wiggins comes back, we hope he will. We don't know. Uh, Jason Dumas, our friend, uh, tweeted that he's in town. That's unconfirmed. But we, even if he is in town, we don't know what he's doing. But if Wiggins is back, what happens to some of those minutes? And I think, J.D., a lot of people would say, well, Kuminga's still getting his minutes, and Anthony Lamb is the one who's not going to get any minutes. What do you think of that notion? I would bet you 90% of Warrior fans would say, that's what I do. Bye-bye, Anthony Lamb. Well, and I've, I've even alluded to it in kind of laying out the top eight. Like I've said, Steph, Clay, Wiggins... 
Draymond Looney, that's five. DiVincenzo, Poole, Payton, six, seven, eight. And then I'll even go Kaminga, nine at that point as like guys that basically would play every single game. And then, and then Lamb and Jamichael Green will see 10, 11. But the truth is, and, and Kurt loves playing Lamb and Kaminga together. Mm-hmm. That that pairing has been really good because their games complement each other really Lamb well. Lamb shoots, and he's a better shooter, even with that funky one-hand thing, yeah. than Kaminga is. And there, there's some irony, and Draymond with Kaminga and Lamb have been a, a positive trio on the on the front line as well. And so I, I don't think it's as absolute. because And the reason it's not as absolute is because it, it goes back to the whole three versus yep. four thing, yep. which is if at that point you'd be asking Kaminga to basically play the three when, when Lamb has been the guy that's been playing the three. Essentially, he's been the backup three, and, and Kaminga's been the starting four of late, and before he was in the starting lineup, he was the backup four. If Wiggins comes back... Then Draymond goes in there, and if Gary Payton on offense is the backup four, then where does that leave Kaminga? It's funny because the positionless thing, I understand it, it, and it's been interesting to see, but it's there are positions there sometimes they are just harder to see, harder to discern. And sometimes they're different on offense than defense, Yeah, which is something that you you have to... That you have to factor in as well. Like Peyton or Kaminga could be the one on defense, but they're the four on offense. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so you have to have a combination that melds uh, it all together. So I, I, it is going to be interesting with Wiggins back, and we'll see how much Wiggins. It wouldn't surprise me if, let's say, if Wiggins, it does get announced here in the next few days that Wiggins is going to come back. And we don't know that, and we don't right. want to intimate that that's right. coming. We haven't heard something that we're, you know, hinting but, at. But we let's haven't. just say, let's just say it does come to fruition where Wiggins is, is coming back, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Wiggins comes off the bench to, at, at the beginning. It would surprise me if he didn't. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. And so I think, you know, and Steve Kerr, is, he, Steve Kerr said a couple of different times over the last couple of weeks, like, Kaminga's a four. Like, I know people come down my road like, J.D., why do you say that? Why do you say it? Well, Kerr said it, like, bluntly. Uh-huh. He's a four. Uh-huh. And Kerr also has doubled down on DiVincenzo remaining in the starting lineup as long as Wiggins isn't. And he likes that combination of of his playmaking ability and what he brings with Steph and Clay and, and Draymond, whether it's Kaminga. And he said the choice is Kaminga or Looney with the lineup that he has right now. And and I think it's it's gonna be interesting because it if you look at the tendencies, and I know we got our buddy Tim in North Carolina who's gonna join us here yeah. in just a second. If you look at Kerr's tendencies, the tendency would be to play Kaminga less when Wiggins comes back. Like that would just, if you just look at the way he's done it. But again, I give Kerr credit for figuring out a way to play Kaminga and make him his most effective self, even though Peyton came back and he did that by inserting him into the starting lineup. I will also say this if the choice is Looney or Kaminga to start, it also depends on the opposing center. And so, if like if you're playing Jokic tomorrow, that means Looney's probably starting over mm-hmm. Kaminga. Yeah. So that 
adjusts the rotation a little bit and how the Warriors attack it. If you're playing Sabonis, that means Looney's starting over Kaminga. The cool thing about Looney is, and they made this point in the postgame last night, you know, some guys have to worry about whether they're coming off the bench or their minutes, and Looney's like, he's going to do what he does, whether he's starting or not, or how many minutes, and obviously it'd be stupid not to play him, but he doesn't care. Looney gives you what he gives you, whether you're starting him, bring him off the bench, whoever he's playing against. That's a really cool and useful thing about Kavon Looney. No, no doubt. No doubt. 888-957-9570. Let's go Tim in North Carolina. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? What's up, fellas? Great to talk to you real quick. I know y'all about to wrap this thing up, but if y'all have a minute, can y'all see who the best, as far as three-part percentage-wise, out of Lamb and Kaminga from the beginning of the year, uh, from from the turn of the year, if y'all could check? I know for the month of March it's it's Kaminga, but I would just love to see since January who is. Uh, But I did have about three things I wanted to run by y'all real quick, guys. Shady, I wanted to ask you, because I heard it last night, you said from time to time about as long as Kaminga doesn't do the <laughs> So, ask, I just want to, do you consider when he takes the pull-up 15-foot off of one or two dribbles, the ha-ha-ha? Because I don't, and I think he has a great 15-footer. I also, you know, so I don't consider that the ha-ha-ha. And I, the only one I really on the team see does that is pool. I don't even see Steph doing a lot of ha-ha-ha. So, I wanted to ask you, do you consider that being part of that, yeah. other guys fifteen footer. Most of the time, he don't even hit net. The second one, I want to ask you, Jay. I told you, I've been telling y'all about that Steph and Kaminga pick and roll. They did it last year in the Chicago game, and Kaminga went crazy in that game. And I was wondering why they weren't doing it a lot this year. And you thought I was crazy saying, "Well, what's going to happen with Draymond?" But look how much space it is for that guy to get to the basket when they do it. So maybe Kerr was just keeping that one in chamber. I don't know. But I love that pick, Kaminga and Steph pick and roll because that basket, that lane is wide open for him. And the last one, I mean, you know I'm a Kaminga fan, but at this point I'm not even politicking for him anymore because if they don't play him at this point, they're just literally hurting the team. I mean, the guy's just bringing something so positive to the team that if, if we got to sit here and debate Kaminga, Lamb, Kaminga, this, I mean, we're just hurting the team. And I think he'll easily morph in two or three I think right now that can't be the that we can't try and do that now. It with too right. far into it. I think as long as he keeps developing this thing over the summer, he will eventually morph into that three. Hopefully, maybe the beginning of the next year when we can take more chances, let him miss some shots and stay in the game and not panic. I think he'll get there. But I just wanted to ask you that, Jay. I knew I threw a lot at y'all, man, and y'all about to wrap this up. But if you can, I just I did want to know. I, I'm pretty sure Kaminga got a better three point shooter percentage from Lamb since the beginning of the year. I think he's 44% in the month of March, and it's just funny because in our mind, we think he's not a shooter, but every time he's, you know, his shots are usually pure. Don't even really hit the net most of the time. So, I mean, don't hit the rim a lot of the times, but... Yeah. All right, guys, it's great to hear from y'all, man. I'm sorry I got in late, but you know over here it's like 345, so... No, we appreciate it. No, we appreciate it, Tim. There's a lot to chew on. Uh, Kaminga has shot it better than Lamb since January 1st. Uh, However, over the whole season, Lamb's 37.2, Kaminga 35.5. And that's on more per game, too. Yeah. More shots. Not a lot, but it's more shots per game. Exactly. And so so that's that's that. As far as the, but ha, his question ha, ha. was about since January. Yeah, yeah and yeah. but no, Kaminga has shot it better yeah. since January. But again, the other the other thing that that Kerr said, and I'll quote him, and and I agree with you, Tim. 
I'm not ruling out Kaminga's ability to be a three in the future. Got to improve so his handle. I'm glad huh? he pointed that out. Yeah. Like it's not. It's it's about how can he get on the court and help this team this year, and that is exclusively as a four. The other little snippet that that Kerr has said in, in a couple of his pregame pressers is, and because this relates to to what Tim just said about the shot, the types of shots. Kerr has said he likes the shots Kaminga gets in their offense at the four, and that I think sets up. More of the cutting, mm-hmm. more of the corner threes, which are available for for Peyton from time to time when when he's out on the floor. And and as far as the question about you know, was that was the pull up last night, Kaminga going, ha, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe a little bit, but there's been one a game. There's been one what I call improv play a game for Kaminga where and and honestly they've gone more well than they haven't. Uh, over the last handful of games, you have to give him some of those, don't you? As part of his growth, he can not have a lot. one a game, not a lot. But, that, but, but, I don't, but to me, there's really been like one a game over the last five or six games, which is fine. Like it's, and I think he missed. A, he made a driving, spinning layup in another game. He made the pull up jumper in last night. There was another game where I think he drove and missed. There was another game where I think he drove and got blocked. But what? But again, we're not. What I what I'm saying is, you don't want Kaminga looking to go. Right, three, four, five times a game like that. Right, and he hasn't been. It's 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 been within the flow. Some the of the structure. pick and roll. It's yeah. been cutting. It's been basically the Warriors' offense and the way teams play the Warriors' offense have led to hey, you can get Kaminga the ball right by the basket and he can go up and dunk it, or it's a wide open three in the corner where he has shot better from the corner spots. What I don't like is the quick. One pass, he gets it on the wing, and there was one of these last night. One pass gets it on the wing, and he fires it up from the wing from three. Don't you think That's he learned? That's the shot that needs to go. That, yes. No, not now. But I won think a game, eh. He learned from that Laker game down there, where, and I, I think they did it more than once, but where they, the nationally televised game, where they just stayed off him, and he was chucking threes from the corner, like early in the shot clock. Yes. I think he, and I'm sure Steve Kerr, impressed upon him the importance of avoiding those shots, but I think he learned from that. Yeah, and I think the question is going to be become... You know, do you feel comfortable playing Wiggins and Kaminga and Draymond together? Is that is that something that would make sense if you, if you're if you're the Warriors in a playoff series? There is some sorting out to do because at any time the roles change, there's always a little bit of an adjustment, and we saw it in the Minnesota game. The one game the Warriors have lost here of the last six. When was it? It was the game where Gary Payton came back, mm-hmm. and and roles changed a little bit, and the Warriors had to figure that out. It's not going to be. That's not nothing. why they lost, though. No, but it is something that's on display a lot. When when they do lose, a lot of the times it is something's out of. Yeah, like, that's been something through the years. Whenever it's like, oh, Steph comes back and they play Phoenix with none of their players and they lose and they play terrible. Like it just that that has kind of been a thing for this team in the regular season when guys have come back. It's thrown them completely out of whack. I agree with that, but I think the reason they lost the Minnesota game, not to get lost in that, because that's, you know, water under the old Bay Bridge, but just the turnovers at the end, that late game execution of that game was like Harry High School stuff. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And so, and, you know, 510 says, well, the vets take plenty of questionable shots. Well, yeah, the vets are allowed to, the young players are not. Like that's that, like Steph Curry. There almost is no almost like, is no questionable like shot. Clay almost can, Clay can take bad shots. Kaminga can't. Yeah, like that's just those are the rules. Mm-hmm. Like it's not 
And it's not even really just because he's a veteran. It's because he's Clay freaking Thompson. Exactly. Yeah. And and there have been times where Clay's taken some terrible shots early in games. I mean, that's the one thing to kind of bring it back to what we were talking about at the top of the show, which I think is interesting as far as the matchups. And and I've said it. You know, to me, the, the there's no way the Warriors really can manipulate this as far as who they're going to play. But if it fell where they get Sacramento over, say, Phoenix or Memphis or the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs, to me, that would be the perfect fit. But I'll say this, as far as you know, that Sacramento matchup again, the one thing you cannot do against the Kings is take bad shots and turn the ball over. You do that, they might hit you with a 45-point quarter, and then you're buried. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are disciplined and run your offense and take good shots and move the ball and get to the basket, Kaminga might have 30 on 15 of 15 against the Kings because they get so out of whack and are vulnerable to the pass and cutting and all of those different things that you can really annihilate them on the interior and get open looks and rhythm to where you, you'll shoot a better percentage from three. But but some of the stuff Clay Thompson's done when Clay Thompson's been cold will get your ass run out in a quarter against Sacramento. So it's, you know, we can say, hey, best matchup, and I still think you're better off taking your chances with the Kings than you are with Phoenix or the Clippers or Memphis. But you still have to play buttoned the hell up against them to beat them. And that's something at times in the regular season the Warriors, frankly, just haven't done. Real quick, because I know that we don't know for sure if these two teams are going to play. But if it's Golden State, Sacramento, two absolute keys will be who gets in more foul trouble, how often, Sabonis or Draymond Green. Which of those two guys is in foul trouble? And then what can Peyton do against De'Aaron Fox? If he can shut him off, then it, it would be a pretty quick series, and, actually. And look, Peyton... And I don't think he can. And Peyton's playing 17 minutes. Yeah. So it's yeah. like you're going to have to have somebody else on him. Right. And and it's not going to be Clay Thompson at this stage. It's going to be... I mean, it's probably going to be Kaminga if you don't have Wiggins that's going to be on him. And then at that point, it becomes... You know, can you get out to the shooters? Basically, Divincenzo probably get a shot at him too. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a good call. Yeah, no, Divincenzo would definitely get a shot at him as well. But He'd anyway, we fact, Divincenzo not, would be on him at the start. Yeah, well, that, it may not even come to that, but if it does, those are going to be two very important keys. No, and you got to make sure everything else is on point. And, mm-hmm. and Sabonis could hurt could hurt the the Warriors. I, I don't think there's a doubt. I mean, he is a, he is kind of a mini Jokic in in many in some ways. They run him out at the Including high post, Including at the defensive end. Yeah, in some ways, true. Yeah, and and I think for whatever reason they've done a good job of, and maybe it's because they're just scoring one thirty. They've done a good job of minimizing how bad Sabonis can be defensively. He well, got in he, a lot of foul trouble early, yeah. and then really hasn't a lot yeah. over the course of the season for the most part. But they're, I think they're scoring so much that you haven't really taken a magnifying glass to why they're so bad defensively because they're scoring enough to where they've won a lot. Mm-hmm. To whereas if they were closer to a 500 team, you'd really have the microscope out more on how bad their defense has been and why. And I think a lot of that would be they, they just don't have any rim protection, even with Sabonis in there clogging up the paint. Right. He's a willing defender and he works really hard. He's just not very quick. But anyway, we'll see if any of that uh, comes to pass. I'm hoping so. That would be a great series. A lot of fun. 888-957-9570. Final couple of minutes here. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason. It's Warriors this week on 95.7 The Game. Pretty crazy how time flies. Just four games to go for the Dubs. Yeah. 78 in the books. Now 41 and 37 tied with the Clippers. What do you think as far as the, the final four games here for the Warriors at Denver tomorrow? 
And then Oklahoma City at SAC and Portland a week from tomorrow up in Portland. The Clippers have the game tonight against the Pelicans. And then they the Cl- don't have an easy schedule, do they? They don't. They have four games to go as well. And the Clippers have the game against the Pelicans. The Clippers also play over their final three. They play the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They play the Portland Blazers, yeah. which is a game that obviously they would have to get. Then they're at Phoenix and the then, next night. And then they're at Phoenix to end yeah. it. So yeah. the Clippers have some rest, but then they play a back-to-back at the end. So yeah, they have the the Clippers, and that's one of those afternoon games on the Saturday uh, at down at, at Crypto a week from today. That's obviously their must-get. Uh, among the games that they have left, so the Warriors and the Warriors both have Portland in that last day, and then yeah, Phoenix and the Clippers at the end of the year. Phoenix could be locked into the four spot at that point, but that final day is going to mean a lot, I think, as far as who gets in and who plays where. Yeah, I think the the fifth spot is certainly well in play for the Warriors, yeah, especially definitely. if they win tomorrow. I, I might even consider them the favorites to be in the fifth spot if they want it. Yeah, if they win tomorrow, I think yeah. they're getting fifth. Yeah, I do no, too. No, I think you're right. Yeah. If they win tomorrow, shut it down. Mm-hmm. You're going to Phoenix, yeah. I think. I guess I'd be going to Phoenix. At Boots that on point, the ground. Yes. At that point. Boots yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Uh, but So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm really interested to see how hard the Warriors go after that one. I think everybody's going to play, but will there be any manipulation of trying to... Boy... Can't play that game. Can't play that game for the Warriors. I guess you can't, I mean, but we'll find out, won't we? I mean, you may not be good enough. I mean, the Warriors would could very naturally go in there and play and just not play well and lose. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's true I mean, as well. That's, that's yeah. pretty much what they've done most of the year yeah, in I, games like that. And I understand why you said this year it's kind of a mediocre year and that that's true. When you look at we're not going to have anybody... Uh, we're gonna have any what's what's gonna be the highest win total in the league this year? No one's winning sixty, but it has been so much fun this year that teams in the West, especially you know what do you got here three through eleven, uh, twelve even, it's so tightly bunched that it makes this regular season so much fun. And that's the biggest problem in the NBA. So many of the regular season games, they just don't matter. Even the players tell you they don't matter. Jimmy Butler says, "Yeah, I don't start playing until after the All Star break. That's fine." But this year, if you're a Warrior fan or a fan of one of these teams, these last four games, the way it looks right now, they are very significant. It it does look that and way. I like that. Well, yeah. It, it but that's the thing. I'm it's, here for it's, that. It's taken a season full of none of these games matter to get to a point well, where you feel like the games matter at the end. But it's but it's also, I mean, if you're the Warriors, I mean, I get it where you're like, you, you couldn't beat Detroit one time, you couldn't beat Orlando one time. I know I you know. lost at Charlotte. Like mm-hmm. you could, you could, you could be locked into fourth minimum mm-hmm. right now. And every oh, one of those absolutely. teams, every one of those teams, obviously, could say that. But but to me, it's more like let's quit. They could have ended the conversation about whether they're good enough to make a run and. Can they, you know, what matchup do they want and this and that and the other if they were just the freaking four seed already? And and that would have been a mediocre four seed in terms of, of record compared to a lot of other years. Let me ask you this uh, as we're wrapping things up. This was a question that Kalena and Boffis Gerald addressed last night at the beginning of the telecast. 
this Warrior team, and to be honest, I'm not sure whether they included Wiggins in the mix or not. I don't think they did. Is this team, do they have enough talent to make a run? Not as just a surefire championship team. Does this team have enough talent to make a run at another championship? They both came down on the side of a little bit reluctantly, but they're trying to be balanced and fair, and they both said, I think it I think it does. What do you think of that notion with the Warriors? And we've talked about that a lot this year. Well, I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, of course they do. Even they, without Wiggins? It'll be a lot harder. And that 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 is really where I draw the line. Like like I like I'll just say this. If the Warriors if 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 and we don't know, if it is announced, let's say Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this coming week Wiggins is coming back. And he's going to ramp up for the last week and a half and and the Warriors are going to be in the playoffs. Like Wiggins is the difference right now and I we'll, we'll see how it shakes out in a week. Like Wiggins to me would be the difference between comfortably picking them to beat Sacramento and thinking, oh, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe in seven. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a hard fought series. You know, Wiggins would be the difference between believing the Warriors have a shot at upsetting Phoenix. Like I think the Warriors have no. Sh- if, if the Warriors don't play, if the Warriors play Phoenix and don't have Wiggins, I don't think they've got a shot. Like I like to me they like to me they got no shot. And that that may be harsh to hear, uh, but like that's you know when you start getting into all the matchups and everything. But but take a step back. Do they have, you know you play Sacramento? Can you win? Can you beat Memphis? You win like, again. I think Wiggins has to be part of that. But I you know it sounds like I mean I, again I have no inside information on it. But if if he's back in the Bay and the report from Jason Dumas is true, Yeah, to me, you're back in the bay because you're going to try to give it a run. You know that he knows that, and they know that. And if there is any way, and if he's so uh, distraught or so involved in whatever's going on, fine, you know, bless him. But if there's any way he comes back, he knows, wow, this is the time when they need me, and I've got to come back. And I... I, I I have a sense that that's going to happen, J.D. We'll yeah, see. And, that's and, not based on you saying, I don't know, but that would be my best guess. Yeah, it's and so he knows, mm-hmm. and, and maybe that maybe we come to find out that that's sort of been the plan all along, mm-hmm. at least in his Wouldn't mind, knowing me. that he had, yeah. knowing in his mind, and again, he didn't have to disclose that because it's none of anybody's business, right. but you never know. At some mm-hmm. point, maybe he said, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take until this day and mm-hmm. then I'm going to head back mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. And maybe there's times where he thought he was again I don't I don't know I don't I don't totally feel comfortable speculating on that but on if he that. does but, then this thing's wide open but if he does come back I think the Warriors absolutely can and again make a run to me is win a couple of playoff series mm-hmm. the path is there mm-hmm. whether it's Sacramento and Memphis or Sacramento and then somebody beats Memphis and you play a second round series the path is there to get to a conference finals but it's not going to be easy. It's certainly not a lock, and the Warriors are going to have to have their their top, I think, eight, nine, ten together at a greater level than even their top eight, nine, ten was last year. They had the top six, and that was good enough last year. I think they need the top eight for sure. Well, it's like Steph told Steiny this week: it's never easy. No, it's never easy, no doubt. And this is going to be harder than any run mm-hmm. that they've they've had to to try and make. Whitey, great stuff. As always, appreciate it. Thanks. We'll, Thanks, Grandy. Good job. We'll Thanks do it for again. listening. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it again next Saturday from 10 until 1. Yeah, thanks to the great Mark Grandy for sitting in here for Craig. Great. Craig's at the Final Four. Appreciate that. Craig, enjoy that. Uh, Fox Sports Radio next here on 95.7 The Game. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.